Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, if you think back over your life and you think about uh, your, your most meaningful moments, the moments that you're most proud of, uh, the, the moments that you hope people are going to remember when you're gone, I wonder, uh, what do all of those moments have in common? There may be several things, uh, but I bet that one thing that many of those moments have in common is that they required you to have some degree of courage. They required you to have some degree of courage. I think oftentimes we, we hear that word courage, and we immediately think about these larger-than-life figures, you know, human rights heroes like uh, Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. and, and Nelson Mandela. Or maybe we think about uh, war heroes who um, sacrifice themselves and put themselves in harm's way in order to protect others. And, and those are extraordinary examples of courage for sure. And, and sometimes we can think by comparison, oh, I, I don't have anything close to, to courage. But courage isn't always so transcendent. Courage is simply doing what you need to do, even when it's hard, even when it's scary, even when you're not 100% sure what the outcome is going to be. And in that sense, I bet that many, if not most of your proudest moments are moments that required you to have some courage. For example, uh, I know that for some of us, uh, our college graduation is one of our proud moments because to get there, we had to do a lot of things that were hard. At least they, they felt really hard at the time. Uh, leaving home for the first time, learning the, the discipline of, of how to study and how to take care of ourselves. We, we may have taken classes that we weren't sure that we could pass. Uh, we may have pulled all-nighters in the library. We may have uh, done all of that on a, a shoestring budget. Um, so many things that we were doing for the first time. And so our graduation is a, a proud moment for many of us, not just because we got the degree and, and we got those credentials, uh, but because we wrote to all of those challenges and we learned and we grew along the way. It wasn't always easy, but we had the courage to, to keep going and to do it anyway. Uh, for some of us, our wedding day was an especially proud moment and that took courage. It probably took some courage when you first met your spouse to, to ask him out or to ask her out. Um, it probably took some courage to propose. It definitely takes courage to stand at the altar and, and commit your life to someone else, but that's part of what makes it such a meaningful moment. Uh, for those of you that are parents, I'm sure one of your proudest moments was when you held your child for the very first time and you had no idea what you were in for uh, and you knew that it wasn't always going to be easy, but you had the courage to embrace that incredible responsibility of parenthood. For those of you who are in recovery, uh, there may be a milestone in your sobriety that is especially meaningful to you. And that, that milestone is the result of courage on your part, the courage to, to make a decision to change, to, to decide to reach out and, and ask for help to persevere through some really, really hard stuff. Uh, maybe an especially proud moment for you was uh, when you were younger and, and maybe you tried out and, and made a sports team. Um, you, you put yourself out there, you, you took that risk and you accomplished something that you, you wouldn't have if you had just taken the easy way and, and not even tried out. My, my point with all of these examples is that courage is just a vital ingredient 
for a meaningful life. Without courage, uh, you simply wouldn't be the person that you are today. And even when you did something that took courage and it didn't work out, uh, maybe you, you didn't graduate or she didn't say yes or, or you didn't make the team, I bet for at least some of those moments, you're still glad that you tried because you learned and, and you grew. And, and even though it didn't always go exactly the way that you hoped, you still gained something from the experience. And it helped, still helped to, to make you who you are today. Um, that's the power of courage. Again, courage is a vital ingredient for a meaningful life. Now, I think that's probably true for just about anybody, uh, but for Christians, for people committed to following Jesus, it actually goes deeper than that. You know, following Jesus absolutely makes our lives better, um, but, but following Jesus does not always make our lives easier. In fact, sometimes it makes our lives harder because, you know, Jesus loves us unconditionally, uh, and Jesus loves us enough to not just leave us as we are. And Jesus loves this world enough to not just leave us, uh, leave it as it is. Uh, but Jesus calls us to grow, and Jesus challenges us to, to be better and to make the world better. And as we follow him, Jesus is going to ask us to pay attention to some things that we don't always want to pay attention to. Jesus is sometimes going to ask us to serve our neighbors in ways that we don't always want to serve. Jesus is going to ask us to care about people that sometimes we, we'd just rather not care about. And if we're just focused on doing what's easy and what's comfortable, if we don't have the courage to, to step up and do some hard things, then we're going to struggle to follow Jesus in a meaningful way. We're going to struggle to follow Jesus in a way that makes a real difference in our lives and in our world. Uh, but on the other hand, if we can cultivate courage in our lives, if we can embrace those challenges that come along with following Jesus, that's going to give our lives a depth of meaning like nothing else. Ultimately, uh, that's what's going to allow us to live the kind of lives that God created us to live. So courage is a vital ingredient for the Christian life. And because courage is so vital for us uh, as human beings and, and especially as Christians, uh, we're kicking off a new sermon series today, and it's all about how we can cultivate courage in our lives. Uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at six different dimensions of courage, and for each one, we're going to look at how Jesus models it for us, and we're going to look at the difference that it makes in our lives and in our world. And now for today, uh, for today, we're going to focus on clarity and we're going to focus on the, the connection between clarity and courage. Uh, you know, one thing that can hold us back, uh, one thing that can kind of keep us from living as courageously as we should is not being clear about our purpose. Uh, because when we haven't clearly defined our purpose, when we're not acting and, and living with our ultimate goal in mind, then we're going to tend to avoid doing what's hard. We, we're going to tend to avoid doing what's uncertain. Um, we, we can often just settle for what's easy because without a clear purpose, uh, doing what's easy, doing what's comfortable, that can kind of become uh, our default purpose. But on the other hand, when we clarify our purpose, 
and we clarify what we're ultimately about. That gives us the ability to do what we need to do, uh, even when what we need to do is hard. I know that's uh, a bit abstract. So uh, to, to show you what I mean here, um, I want us to look, at, look to Jesus for an example of this, because Jesus models for us this connection between clarity and courage. Uh, when Jesus was about 30 years old, uh, that's when he began his public ministry. We, we actually don't know a ton about the first 30 years of Jesus's life, but around age 30, he began his public ministry of preaching and teaching and healing and, and performing miracles and, and all of that. And when Jesus decided that it was time to start all of that, he, he actually didn't just launch into it right away. But first, uh, Jesus took some time to prepare himself. And in particular, Jesus took some time to, to get as clear as possible about his purpose. Uh, one day, Jesus went to the Jordan River, and he went to this place where John the Baptist was preaching and, and baptizing people. And at a certain point, Jesus himself went forward to get baptized. It was this ritual that affirmed his identity. Um, it, it signified his total immersion, his total commitment to his mission, his mission of reflecting and, and revealing the love of God, embodying the love of God, his mission of, of ultimately laying down his life to, to save the world from sin and evil and death forever. And, and so Jesus goes forward and John plunges Jesus under the water. And, and as Jesus comes up out of the water, we're told that the heavens open in this moment and the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of, the, of a dove and, and lands on Jesus. And then God the Father says from heaven, this is my son, talking about Jesus. This is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. If you were with us last week, Pastor Charlie talked to us about our Christian belief in the Trinity, that the, that the one God is three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and in this moment of Jesus' baptism, we get this glimpse of God the Father and God the Spirit affirming Jesus the Son, affirming his mission in the world. Well, after that, uh, after that, we might expect Jesus to immediately get to work, to, to roll up his sleeves and, and start all of the teaching and preaching and, and miracles and, and all of that. Um, but that's actually not what happens. Uh, instead, this is what happens. Um, this is from Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness. Into the wilderness. Well, that's kind of strange. Uh, you know, Jesus' mission in the world is all about people, right? It's all about uh, teaching and healing and saving people. So, so why is Jesus going out into the wilderness here where there are no people? What, what's going on? Well, in hindsight, we can see that Jesus is taking this time. He takes 40 days to, to go off by himself and to fast and to pray and, and to reflect and to get crystal clear crystal clear about his purpose. Why? Because Jesus knew that over the next three years of his ministry, there were going to be tons of opportunities for, for him to take the easy way out. There were going to be tons of opportunities for him to just settle for doing the comfortable thing. And Jesus knew that he would need to be clear about his purpose so that he could stay committed to it even when things got 
hard. So that's what Jesus did for, for 40 days. And at the end of 40 days, Jesus had a chance to test his purpose, to test his courage in a powerful way in the face of temptation. Some of you may know this story, but after 40 days out there in the wilderness, uh, all that time of, of being all alone, suddenly Jesus gets a visitor. We're told that then the devil shows up to tempt Jesus. And throughout Scripture, that's what the devil does. Uh, the, the word Satan, um, it just means tempter or tester. This is not a, a little guy with horns and a spear like you see in the, the cartoons. That's not really a, a biblical image uh, of Satan. But Scripture talks about Satan as this figure who tempts people to believe lies, to believe lies about God, to believe lies about themselves. And, and in that sense, Satan puts people's faith to the test. He, he tempts people to, to go astray. I'm sure that we would all agree that there are forces in this world that can tempt us to go astray. And Satan is one of the ways that the Bible names those forces. So after 40 days of being in the wilderness, the, the devil shows up with Jesus. And by this point, Jesus is exhausted and he's hungry and, and he's feeling physically very weak. And, and the devil thinks he's got a good opportunity here to, to make Jesus stumble. And so the devil presents Jesus with these three temptations. And just watch here in this story, watch how Jesus's clarity about his purpose, watch how that helps him to do what's right even when it's hard. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 3 says that the tempter came to Jesus uh, and he said, since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. Now remember, Jesus has just been fasting for 40 days, so he's starving. And the devil is, is saying here, okay, Jesus, come on, use some of your divine power. Use some of your divine power to, to satisfy your desire, in this case, your desire for food. And it would have been so easy for Jesus to do that. Just snap his fingers and, and make some bread and, and eat it. And why not? What difference would it make? But Jesus sees a trap here. So he says, no, no, that, that's, that's not my purpose. I'm not here to satisfy my own desires. I'm here to serve others. Um, it's interesting. Remember the story of Jesus feeding the, the 5,000. That's going to be later on in Jesus' ministry. And in that story, Jesus is once again out in the wilderness, but this time he's out in the wilderness with, with 5,000 plus people, and they get hungry. And in that moment, Jesus does use his divine power to feed them bread, but not in this moment. He knows it's not his purpose to use his power to satisfy his own desires. That's just a, a slippery slope. That's not what he's about. And so even though it's hard, Jesus has the courage to resist this temptation. Well, then the devil, he's not done. He tempts him a second time. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, After that, the devil brought Jesus into the holy city and stood him up at the highest point of the temple. And he said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down, for it is written. Uh, and then he quotes scripture. He says, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you're, you won't hit your foot on a stone. In other words, the, the devil is saying here, Hey, Jesus, uh, prove yourself. Uh, prove that you really are the Son of God. Prove that, that God really does love you enough to save you if you were to throw yourself down from this building. And once again, Jesus says, uh, no, 
Um, that, that is not my purpose. I am not here to prove myself. And it's like Jesus is saying, you know, I was just baptized. Uh, my identity, my belovedness in God's eyes was affirmed in a powerful way. I don't need to prove myself. That's not my purpose. So again, Jesus has this, this clarity, and it gives him the courage to resist that temptation. Well, the devil tries again for a third time. This is Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. It says, Then the devil brought Jesus to a very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, and all of their glory. And the devil said to Jesus, I'll give you all of these, if you just bow down and worship me, Jesus. The devil say, look, uh, Jesus, Jesus, you don't have to be a crucified king. Uh, you don't have to be the kind of king who doesn't have a, a palace, a king who doesn't have a, an army. You don't have to settle for that. I can make you a real king, Jesus. And just think about what you could do if you had all of those resources at your disposal. And it would have been so easy for Jesus to opt for that instead of this hard road that he was getting ready to travel. But once again, Jesus says, no, that is not my purpose. I did not come to be that kind of king. Uh, my mission is not to establish that kind of kingdom. And then Jesus finally tells the devil to, to get lost. And immediately after that, angels come and they take care of Jesus and they lead him out of the wilderness. Well, after that whole experience, after all of that, Jesus knows that he's ready. He has clarified his purpose. It was tried and true. So then, then Jesus goes out and he launches his public ministry. And in the months that followed and in the years that followed that clarity of purpose, it gave Jesus the courage to stand up to the whole religious establishment it gave Jesus the courage to, to make friends with these social outcasts who gave Jesus a bad reputation. It gave Jesus the courage to be faithful to his disciples when his disciples were deeply unfaithful to him. Ultimately, it gave Jesus the courage to lay down his own life. And at every turn, Jesus had the chance to take the easy way out. At every turn, Jesus had the chance to do something more comfortable, but Jesus was so clear about his purpose that he could stick with it even when it was hard. And, and thank goodness for us, right? Because as a result, Jesus was able to give us a, a real accurate glimpse of what God is like. Because of his courage, Jesus was able to defeat the forces of sin and evil and death in this world, and, and he made a way for you and for me to live the kind of life that God wants for us, not just in the here and now, but forever, forever. So as we reflect on Jesus's example, I want to challenge you as we're moving through this sermon series, as we're thinking about the importance of courage in our lives, I want to challenge you to think about your own purpose and try to be as clear as possible about this. I wonder if you can sum it up in like one to two sentences. When you think about your life, at the very heart of it, what do you ultimately want your life to be about? What do you want your life ultimately to be 
about? That may sound like an overwhelming question, and it certainly is a big question. Uh, But for those of us who are followers of Jesus, you know, if if we've been baptized like Jesus was was baptized, uh, we're not starting from scratch when we think about our purpose because God has given our lives an overarching purpose. God has given us an identity. And as followers of Jesus, our lives ultimately are about loving God as fully as we possibly can and loving other people in the same way that Jesus has loved us. Uh, In the passage from Acts chapter 1 that Minoka read earlier in the service today, um, Jesus tells us uh, to to go into the world. He says, Christians, uh, church, go into the world. He says, to be my witnesses, to be my witnesses. He's saying to us, your purpose is to love God as fully as you can and to love other people the way that I have loved you. And so the question for each of us, the question for us to try to answer as clearly as we possibly can is with my unique gifts, in my unique situation, in my life, how am I going to live into that purpose? Now, there's a quote that's um, attributed to Yogi Berra, and he says, if you don't know where you're going, you might wind up someplace else. If you don't know where you're going, you might wind up someplace else. That's a funny line, but it's also true. We don't want to wind up someplace else. We want to wind up where God wants us to be. And if we're clear about where we're going, if we're clear about our purpose, that's going to give us the courage to do what we need to do, even when it's hard. We're going to be able to avoid so many temptations, so many things that would just pull us off track and and make our lives worse. We can avoid all of that. And as a result, we're going to be able to live the, the kind of full, meaningful, abundant life that God put us on this earth to live. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and and loving God, generous and and merciful God, uh, we thank you for your calling on our lives. God, for calling us out of the ordinary, for calling us out of what's comfortable, out of what's easy, to something deeper, to something meaningful. God, we thank you for the purpose that you've given us, the the purpose of of loving you and loving the people that you've put in our lives uh, around us. God, uh, give us the courage to, to step up and to do that as fully as we can, even when doing that is hard, uh, even when doing that becomes scary, even when doing that is, is just not clear what the outcome might be or, or how it's going to go, God. Uh, we know that finding abundant life is, uh, is all about having the courage to step up and to step out in faith in that way, God. So give us that courage. Uh, Help us to find the the clarity that we need about our purpose so that we can live with that courage and we trust that it'll make a powerful difference in our lives and that it'll make a powerful difference in the world as well. So we thank you, God, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select give. 
You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website, as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.